Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a church that desires to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus in the Harrisburg region. Sermon B-Sides is designed to be a resource to help us deepen the conversation about this week's sermon and answer questions that would be helpful to accomplish our purpose. That should be the intro. That should be right. Yeah. Yeah. How now, brown cow? <laughs> Unique, New York. It's, yeah. Get the get that playing over the right. uh, over the uh, intro music. Oh, we're live right now, by the way. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So, uh, hey, welcome to B Sides. Uh, my name is John Robinson. I'm one of the pastors at uh, Liberty Harrisburg in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Yes, and I'm Matt Luloyan, uh, one of the other the other pastor. One and, of the other. Uh, John, the uh, the smell of the Purina dog food factory oh, is thick in the air at Liberty Church is, this morning. Oh my gosh! I got out of my I got out of my car and I was like, "What in the world?" It is a it's a unique day that to means, be alive. It means it's Monday. Must time for be, time for B side. Must be Monday when the <laughs> dog food aroma hits your nose. Tune in your ears to the B side podcast. That sweet smelling Purina factory from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, hey, yeah. and speaking of uh, of dogs, there were some men lapping like them in the story yeah. of Gideon. Oh, yesterday. the transition! Did you did you <laughs> see like that? That was that's amazing. My, that's my broadcast journalism background, just coming <laughs> coming back out of nowhere there. Oh, that's, the lapping yeah. the lapping men of Gideon. The, yes. la- the three hundred lappers. Oh my gosh! What what a what a uh, what a text and passage, man! Like, yeah, yeah. This is uh, we're going through Judges, rescuing the rebel, um, and. Yeah, we're we're hitting we're hitting kind of like the the more well known judges for sure. Uh, and so Gideon, I would say like even growing up, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, like could I remember who the judges were? Like who who we talked about? It was Gideon and Samson. Yeah, like, that was pretty much it. Yep, those are the two. Um, those are the two. And big we get ones. to we get to talk about Gideon today. We do. So. Yeah, we're gonna take a couple weeks actually uh, to talk about Gideon. So. Yesterday, uh, Judges 6 and 7, the more familiar part of his life, going from a a weak coward to a mighty man of valor by the unrelenting grace of God. Next week, um, when we get to Judges 8, seeing how Gideon and his family actually, they they kick off the next next chapter of the the downward spiral. Oh, good for them. So that's fun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, uh, can't, can't wait for... To read the verse again, they did evil in in the, the eyes of the Lord. So. That's the uh, that's the repetition, man, for sure. But it is, yeah. yeah. It's uh, but I mean, before before the downward spiral, there's uh, we see we see we've got a lot of a lot of a lot of positives, some positives. Yeah, no some doubt. Positives, no uh, doubt. This is a it's an incredibly encouraging story. Um, you know, we can misread it and see it all being about uh, Gideon as this sure. hero. We can mm-hmm. misread it that way. But uh, when we see how, how really unrelenting and how patient God is and how he continues to pursue Gideon and his people through Gideon, mm-hmm. um, how gracious he is through this whole account, uh, and see the real transformation that he does bring to Gideon. Yeah. Um, that's, it's, an incredible, uh, it's an incredible story, incredibly encouraging uh, it is one of those ones, you know, that that makes me want to, you know, charge the hill, um, empower, oh, sure. empowered by the the work of God. So it's, yeah. it was a it was a fun one to to be in this past week. 
Is the equivalent of hiding behind a wine press being slumped over to bar? Is that like the ancient equivalent? I could, yeah, I, mean, I could see that for sure. So, I could, yeah, hanging uh, out of the wine press. Yeah, hanging out of the wine press. I don't know if he was actually helping himself to any of the things <laughs> in the wine press. It seems like at the time it was pretty dry because otherwise that that dry. would be some really wine saturated wheat going on there. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was well, like still, maybe he was a still pioneer just... of craft brewing, and he was just <laughs> this was yes. like this was the original. Mixing Make, wine with with the wheat and coming up with some kind of... In addition to podcasting, we're going to be opening up a craft brewery. <laughs> um, Gideon, Gideon yeah. Ale. The wine press. The wine Welcome press. Welcome to the wine press. Welcome to the wine press. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, I mean, even just kind of seeing, like, from where Gideon has come from, right? Yeah. So we have this, this guy who's cowering. He's, you know, he's hiding in a wine press. He's... Yeah. Um, he's not the, I think you pointed this out, like the humor of God mm. in one way. Like there's the, the prophetic voice, absolutely, and how uh, God sees Gideon uh, outside of time and space, right? Oh, mighty man of valor. But that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it's incredibly ironic. It's just it's, this, it's this great it's, line. It's, it's this great line because you would never say that to. I mean, it would be totally like like a jab, you know, like oh, yeah. like you find out loving and, and gracious. Like he's for God is for Gideon. He's he's gonna make him into that man of valor. Absolutely. But you know, I there's um this actually if you have a copy of the Jesus Storybook Bible, mm. uh, the the illustration that Jago or Yago, how do you say that guy's name? Yago. Okay, Yago. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, Sally Lloyd Jones wrote it. Yago slash Jago uh, illustrated it. The picture for, for the story of Gideon is phenomenal, and it illustrates exactly that moment. It has, it has Gideon crouched in this wine, uh, wine press, and it looks like you know some shadowy figures in the background, which would be representative of maybe the Midianites and the Malachites and mm-hmm. people of the East, you know, raising weapons over their head. And it just says kind of underneath Gideon, mighty man of valor. <laughs> and it is this beautiful, this beautiful picture of... of both the irony of it, the humor of it, and also the the prophetic nature of it, and that it's that I will make you become uh, moment that yeah. that God speaks over Gideon specifically in this in this text, but but by extension and through the work of Christ that He speaks over each of us as His yeah. as His sons and daughters. Where when God meets us, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's He doesn't see something in us and, and say like, hey, that's you know, because of your incredible gifts and abilities. You know, now I choose you for my team. He says, right. I, "I will make you become," yeah, and and makes us into, um, you know, by his by the power of his spirit, he makes us into uh, loved children. He makes us into um, powerful uh, agents of reconciliation mm-hmm. uh, for his kingdom. Mm-hmm. He uses us in all kinds of incredible ways, yeah. uh, but it's he who he who makes us become yeah. that. And that it runs so so counter to. Uh, the way we feel like you know, as as human beings, we need to be. I think I think of like both two things. Like I need to be in a place where, you know, I've got to, I've got to, to use Paul's term, I got to like buffet my body. I've got to be so ready. I've got to be in this place, and then God can use me. Yeah. Also, like I think on the opposite side of that is where people look at this and go. You know, I, I need to get my life right. I need to clean up my life, and then God can accept me. Yeah. Both are not biblical precedents for like how God uses you, where God wants you, and so that's right. I think that's a beautiful picture of like God taking that which is weak and that which is 
not wise to the world and, and yeah. taking that, redeeming that, restoring that. And that's such a, you know, we see God as uh, the the redemptive uh, God of, of the of the scriptures. Yeah. He takes that which is broken and he he uses it. That's right. Yeah, I love the I love the line of like God God makes straight lines with crooked sticks. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so as a crooked stick, Gideon being uh, a great picture yeah. of a crooked stick, um, and God made a straight line with him, using him to, to yeah. overcome the Midianites. No, that's right. That's right. And I, I one of the one of the themes we got to open up a little bit in the sermon that I think would also prompt some great discussion for for Bible studies this week mm-hmm. is that. You know, Gideon is, is, we see him in this text, is constantly asking for assurance and reassurance. Right. Does something faithful, takes a courageous act, and then immediately is scared again. Yeah. You, you know, got to norm- throw that fleece out, man. That's right. That's right. He throws the fleece out. He does that twice, you know, two different ways. I tried to get one the other day yeah. on, uh, on TBN. They had a sale. <laughs> It was it was like seven easy payments of seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah, I just couldn't pull the trigger. Did it come pre pre dude? Uh, actually, yes, it, it did. did. Wow. It was pre dude, pre blessed dude. Wow. Um, so Man. that's how. I mean, that's the other way you could do it is you yeah. could just sell. It was amazing. You could sell the definitive statement about God's yeah. will. Uh, and, yeah, you know, it was. Uh, yeah. it was a deal. I just. I just couldn't pull the trigger. That's uh, I would, I'm a, I, a weak faith. Weak some, faith. Someone after the service yesterday shared with me they you know that they you know appreciated the the fact that, that that's not you know I shared that was not prescriptive. That's not how we're supposed to. It's not, oh, dang, I try that part. to uh, to determine the will of God. <laughs> yeah, that's a real important real important line. There. Oh, you, yeah, you may have like you oh, know missed I, that little piece. I should have. I should have. Should pay more attention. <laughs> but um, but what was it? It was uh, they, they said that they were trying to make a, an important decision about their life, and this was some some years back. Mm-hmm. And they they, uh, they actually put a um, one of those um, those super pretzels those kinds you put in the in the microwave oh uh, put that outside overnight and ask God mm. to make that wet or dry I forget which mm. way it was which overnight and a pretzel and fleece it was it was like a pretzel fleece and and um, you know it's funny and, and this person was laughing about it like can you yeah. believe that that I did this years ago. Um, and I, I can believe it because I think yeah. we are so desperate to want to know Absolutely. that God's with us. And um, the, the, the ordinary and incredible means that God's already given us, mm-hmm. for, for whatever reason in our own fickleness, right. we just don't find those to be enough. And so we always want something extra and yeah. something like s- specifically supernatural that we yeah. put out. Yeah. So I, I do think, you know, for Gideon, the fleece... Because of the way God responds, it seems like this is a man in his weakness that just was being met by by grace from God. Mm. I think for for us to try to do exactly the same thing and take this and like try to emulate that specific action with mm. demanding some sign from God moves us because because think about what Gideon had and didn't have. I mean, Gideon did not have. He maybe had the the Pentateuch. Like maybe there mm. was a copy in in this town as they were mixing the worship of God with the worship of idols. Maybe they had a yeah. copy of the first five books of the Old Testament, um, that would maybe be it. Uh, they certainly did not have the scriptures as we do. They right. did not have the cross and the resurrection of right. Christ in their rearview mirror as we yeah. do. We, I mean, we have so much more than Gideon had as these definitive statements of like, yeah. God is with us. God is accomplishing yeah. his purposes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing, man. Like, I can't tell you. In, in the weakness of my own faith, like asking God, like, just show me something. Like, like, Make this clear. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I totally get like that. I haven't set any pretzels out or, or fleeces, but like, but I want I wanted to be clear. You you have yeah. big decision big decisions that you're trying to make, big uh, moments of like, hey, if I take this path, like this is going to change a lot of, of of my own life. And so like we 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 want a sign. We want we want confirmation from God. Yeah. And it's so easy sometimes to to go along those lines to to ask for that without without seeing like really what is required um, from, from an act of faith, like where are we really putting our trust, hmm. you know? And, and I, I look back to what Jesus said in, in Matthew of like, um, you know, an evil and wicked generation hmm. demand a sign. He yeah. said, if you want a sign, look for the sign of Jonah, yeah. which was yeah. know, Christ. Uh, three days in three the Three days in the grave, yeah. yeah. And so like, which I think you you brought that you brought that to to bear in uh, in the sermon yesterday is, is the cross being being the fleece right yeah. and yeah. so yeah I mean like for 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 us who are like you know maybe maybe you're 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 coming up on like a, a hard decision maybe you're coming up on uh, a, a difficult um, kind of divergence in the road yeah um, I'd encourage you friends like be um, don't don't demand a sign from God. Don't don't ask for that as like a, a thing where uh, that will be the confirmation. But but walk in faith and obedience. Uh, ask for the peace of God in the decision that you're making. Like I, I don't think that God is uh, He's not working outside of the realms of uh, what is good and right. And mm-hmm. So like if there's two decisions and one seems better than the other. Mm-hmm probably better for a reason you know yeah. it's probably a good decision to make that I, I talked to so many like college students uh in years gone by who were trying to make decisions about life and yeah. uh, career paths and um like hey i've got a really great job offer uh, and i i think i should do this but then you know i've I got this other opportunity over here which i don't know if i should go do that i'm you know i don't know i want to know what the will of god is I was yeah like, well you said this one was like a really good decision to make. It's probably like, can you be faithful in that? Yeah. Can you, you know, can you continue to remain in in, in who you are and, and who the grace, you know, what the grace of God has al- allotted for you? Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, that's, it sounds like a pretty easy decision actually. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I know there's like, there's conflict though. There's always oh, yeah. conflict in our minds of like, what is, what is the will of God for us? Yeah. And it's the will of God for us is, is to o- obey God. Yeah. Um, yeah. regardless of where we are, regardless of where he puts us, um, the situations that we're in is to remain f- faithful. Yeah. So. I think, I think imme- I, immediately of what Paul wrote in, uh, in Galatians where he talks about, um, the desires of the spirit and the desires of the flesh and how mm-hmm. that they are in conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. The, the interesting line there is they say, so that you don't do what you want. <laughs> so like you have, I think when you get, you know, you're speaking to this, John, about the, can you do this faithfully? Um, there's some people that just are kind of the, the ready, fire, aim people. They're like, mm-hmm. they're, they make decisions quick. Right. They don't really think deeply about them. Right. Uh, for those folks, like my counsel to them is often, hey, let's slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's talk to some other people who know you, uh, people that that you have given kind of a veto card to that, that like, if, if they tell you something that, that you don't want to hear, you're still going to listen to them because we right. all we all love to hear from other people what we already want to do and right. what we already what we already think. Um, so that, you know, and then, um, and then of course to making that decision, there, there's people on the other, on the other side of things that just labor over this. What is the will of God? Oh yeah. What is it? O- How do I know it? Overanalyze, overthink, um, which really functionally 
becomes, um, and I totally understand this because that's much more the, the bent that I have is to really think deeply and wrestle and be paralyzed about what the right thing oh, is sure. to do. It comes down to really a lack of faith on my part in those moments um, in the sovereignty of God and that mm-hmm. somehow I'm going to, that I have enough power in me to, to ruin God's plan. Like that God's going right. to look at that and go, oh, no, right. but, but oh, man, I was going to do this yeah. great thing. And now I and now, now I can't. Yeah. You ruined it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've always appreciated um, and re- referred several people to this over the years. Um, Kevin DeYoung wrote a book some years ago called um, "Just Do Something," mm-hmm. which is uh, a really helpful, a really helpful resource for people like like that who are wrestling deeply over what what is God's will for my life, mm-hmm. and you know, laying out in that book some some thoughts and considerations like you know, pursue an abundance of counselors, have people yeah. speak into your life. Yeah. Use that grid that you were speaking of. Like, can you do this faithfully? Am I sinning here? Right. Use use wisdom. Um, you know, but yeah. but then like then do something and right. believe yeah. that God got, in His yeah. sovereignty is in that. Yeah. And you got a lot of like the situation that I was talking about. Like there was there was a job offer for yeah. a college student leaving college. It was yeah. either that or go move back home and then kind of like try to think through some of this. Like, go and and be employed and be faithful and be present in yeah. in that position yeah like go yeah like like the young was saying like go and do something yeah um we had a we had a guy come into bible college one time uh and he was he he just preached a very honest sermon about mm. like you know, like god god gives you opportunities yeah um you know if somebody says hey you know here's an opportunity like say yes not like the not like the jim carrey yes man sure kind of scenario like sure. we're saying yes to everything but if there's an opportunity for you to go serve somewhere if there's an opportunity for you to go um work at um you know in being in college, you know, to actually have a job, yeah, um, to earn an income, it's amazing. Yeah, um, like say yes, like go. You know, if, yeah. if there's somebody approaches you about like serving in a in a ministry and you're not serving in a ministry already, like say yes. Like yeah. those are those are opportunities and doors for you to get to know people, see the grace of God, experience the grace of God, and you don't need to lay out a fleece. Basically, yeah. I think to kind of bring all of that back um, yeah. is uh, is. Is we, we don't we don't need a sign and and really for us um, because we we have a sign we have a yeah. sign one that that God is with us in the person and work of Jesus Christ as yeah. seen through the life death burial and resurrection of Jesus yeah. and Him sending His Spirit yeah. giving us His Word and so like that for us is the confidence that we need um, to to make decisions we don't have to be you know we don't have to be Leonidas in the three hundred. Yeah, um, that's right. You know, we don't have to be these perfect specimens of, of, of Christian life and behavior. Yeah, uh, because there is grace. Yeah, to cover us. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's um that that was the, I think the real distinction that that came to the surface in the story of Gideon, um, and why God would, you know, would say would just would just patiently, and consistently reassure him with these signs over and over mm-hmm. again. Where in other parts of scripture, people like even, you know, Jesus referring there to the Pharisees, like a wicked generation demands a sign and they're not going to get one, you know, like mm-hmm. where, where we try to kind of make God like our, our genie on the spot and right. kind of do, yeah. do this for me or I don't believe you anymore. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just, uh, I mean, in my mind, the difference of looking at them with some of those passages and examples side by side brought to light this difference between what I call obstinance and weakness mm-hmm. Uh, obstinance being people who dig their heels in, people who are uh, putting God to the to the test in a way that says, you know, I demand this from you. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, 
I'm I'm more like God, and you're like the person that like executes my will right, now. Right, yeah. uh, whereas even Gideon, when he's asking for the fleece, the the language there is please, if you will. It was very actually reminiscent of the way Abraham pleaded with God mm. for the city of Sodom. He's like, well, how about if I find fifty righteous people? Yeah. No, if not fifty, okay. Well, okay, well, okay. Hang with me, God. Hang with me. Forty, maybe. Would you do it for forty? Yeah. All the way down to all the way yeah. down to ten. It's very. It's very humble, soft, like Mm -hmm. not. And so it it comes through as, uh, with Gideon's story in particular, weakness. Like here's Mm -hmm. a man who's just constantly prone and tempted to be fearful. Um, The circumstances certainly make that understandable. Absolutely. And he just is, and as God's instrument that's going to bring deliverance, um, he needs to put the fear to death and be courageous. Mm -hmm. And the way that that's going to play out is he's going to ask God to just give him the assurance every step of the way and mm-hmm. God is really kind to do that. Yeah. No, that's, that's I think it's so important for us in the day in which we live, mm. right? Um, there's so much to be fearful of. Like there there's there's a lot of there's a lot of threat to yeah. uh, life, uh, health. There's a lot of threat to um, just even even like our way of life. Yep. Um, and so for us to to continue to remain um, hopeful, to, to continue to remain um, humble, yeah, I think those are those are good reminders for us, and that, that God goes with us and yeah, um, goes before us. So, yeah, yeah, man. The one thing um, that I thought also I didn't get to talk about this at all in the sermon the other day, but could provide some good discussion fodder for Bible study groups. It seemed pretty pretty evident in my mind that the Apostle Paul, when he wrote part of 2 Corinthians, was really thinking about this story of Gideon. He says in, the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 5 through 7, What we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And then here's this key line in verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Mm. So the the jars of clay and the light metaphor there Mm -hmm. um, really connects to the story of of Gideon and them smashing the jars of of clay and the Mm -hmm. torches being inside them. Um, And they started singing, rain, rain on my face. (laughs) That's That's... That was in, yeah. That's the alternate version. That's, that, no, I that's, think that's the amplified version of the Bible. It's, they, it's, it's, yes, yeah. it's amplified. They shout for the sword and the Lord and Gideon, and then and, and then they and go then they and then they break into the song. song. Huh? Yes, yeah. the flood. They sing flood by Church of Fire. Yeah, that was. The, the, uh, that was yeah, I mean, if you don't, it's in the Hebrew. Oh yeah, you really got to know. It's really hard. It's really hard. Got to know that original yeah, language. Yeah, you got to know that original language. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's yeah. Well, yeah. thanks, thanks for illuminating us. In well, that. yeah, you know, if uh, if if my if my seminary degree didn't didn't doesn't do anything, it's to bring this truth to light. We, I mean, I appreciate yeah. that. That's you're, that's you're, good. You're that's, welcome. Yeah, four, um, four years of, of of dead languages. That's right. So, that's yeah. right. But that whole idea there from Second Corinthians being, you know. Um, that, that the, the weakness of the vessel, the mm-hmm. jars of clay, so that yeah. the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So that, like, that's yeah. the whole story of Gideon, too. So Absolutely. here's the, here, we're going to shrink this from 32,000 to 300 so the that God gets. The frailness of a, of, of a clay jar right. um, so easily broken. And in our brokenness, right, and I think this is the beauty of this picture. Like, yeah. In our brokenness, the light shines through. Yep, right? that's right. Christ shines through. That's right. 
to make that known, to make that seen. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, like that's, that's such a such a wonderful picture of of what what really God does in us and yeah. through us. That's right, and I think there's I think that that's a good prompt for for Bible study discussions this week, where I think there there are some of us who forget how weak and fickle and frail we are. Mm-hmm. I think even in the context that we're in right now in a pandemic, there's some people who, you know, aren't really fearful. They're just charging ahead with yep. life as normal. That fear is not even really on the radar for them. Right. Um, and there can be in that, um, there can be courage in that. There can also be in that um, arrogance. Uh, there can be self-righteousness. There can be this, that, that they've forgotten that they are a jar of clay. They've mm-hmm. forgotten um, how weak and fickle and frail they are, and that the purpose of their li- of their yeah. life is to to actually lean into some of that weakness to show mm-hmm. the, the the power of God. Right. Absolutely. There are other people who know that they are weak. Like you would never have to tell them, "Hey, remember you're a jar of clay." Like they're like, "I know I'm a jar of clay. I'm incredibly frail yeah. and weak," and they just feel they live in that place all mm-hmm. the time of knowing their weakness. I think that's safer. Than, than like forgetting how sure. weak you are. I think yeah. that's where Jesus is found a lot more easily, mm-hmm. where you have to be broken pretty hard uh, if you're if you're not aware of that. Yeah. But for the people who remember that they are weak and that they are jars of clay, you've got this beautiful proclamation from Paul here, and of course this is also mirrored in the story of Gideon becoming a mighty man of valor. God is with you. Mm-hmm. What you proclaim is actually not yourself, and you so right. so so actually. It's kind of like a remember to take your eyes off of your own weakness and put them mm-hmm. on Christ because you're you're proclaiming Him. Yeah. The only part of yourself that you're proclaiming is that you get to be then a servant of other people for the sake of right. of Jesus. And so that it's a it's a it's the right kind of charge to courage to mm-hmm. valor um, for those who feel their yeah. their weakness. Yeah, and and that and like that perspective, you know, from from the theophany, from 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 Jesus showing up and declaring. Uh, over Gideon, you know, oh mighty man of valor, hmm. um, he sees he sees Gideon not in in time and space in that moment, but he sees him in view of eternity. He knows what he will become. Hmm. God sees us, knows who both we are in the moment, but who we are in light of who Christ is. And hmm. so, remembering that, like, and having that as this 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 confidence. Uh, confidence is not devoid of humility and and, and meekness, hmm. right? But but confidence and knowing that, you know, we are redeemed, we are restored, we are we are fully and completely in Christ, and it is not our works um, that have accomplished any of this, but it is Christ's works um, that that makes us who we are. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and having that in mind as we as we have conversations with people, as we enter into hard places with. Uh, relatives, uh, spouses, children, neighbors, coworkers, like hmm. um, the, the 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 God of the universe sees us and knows us, and also knows um, not just not just what we are in that moment, but but who we are hmm. uh, yeah. in the, in the future tense, and who we who uh, we will become. You know, and that, I think you use the phrase like "become who you are." Yeah, right. Become who you are. Yeah, um, which is totally who, hijacked from. John Piper and like a dozen other brilliant authors and theologians over the years. You just ruined it for me now. Sorry. I take I take back every nice thing that I said about the sermon. There's too many there's too many people to credit for it to actually give credit to one person <laughs> yeah, in the sermon. No, it's sure. kind of like become just a you know a phrase that kind of lives out so, there, but it's not mine. But I really yeah. love the fact that you tattooed that across your chest. <laughs> uh, not yet. 
Okay. Not yet. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the ne- next one. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah. That that be- the idea of of become who you are, like seeing even knowing yourself, know know your frame. Yep. But also like know the fact that like you know who you who God is calling you into. Hmm. You know which is which is Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, know that that's that that is true for you. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's, I think it's a, a good reminder for us as we, as we live and act and move in our, in our relationships and our places of business and our places of, um, of life that, uh, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not hindered to or restricted to just like this moment, but, but mm. what God will call us to. Yeah. So that's really good. Yep. And having that, having those eyes for, for each other, um, yeah, when you were when you were saying that, John, I thought of C.S. Lewis's line about how you know we've we've never encountered uh, someone who's just merely mortal. Like we, our interactions mm-hmm. with anybody is never right. just a mere mortal, and they either yeah. will become, you know, a, a creature so hideous we could never look at them, or 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 something. So I'm totally butchering this quote, by the way, but some yeah, no, I, I, being I so so beautiful, like this this idea that there is a there is a, an identity been placed on God's people by grace mm-hmm. and what they will be like seeing people with eyes of of, of who they have been declared to be in advance by God and who they are becoming and who they will become yeah. through his work. No, they're, um, the, I remember the Valentine's day card that they got stolen from these. It says, you don't have a soul. You are a soul. You nice. have a body and it's fine. <laughs> so I send that, to, I send that to my wife every Valentine's day. These are my, these are my CS Lewis. I love yous. That's awesome. Um, That's great. Yeah. But yeah, we, we've never, we've never met someone who is merely mortal. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a, um, there's an eternal peace. There's a, uh, a soul that exists within the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that's good. I think one of the things also to kind of talk about in Bible studies, you, you made this, um, this, this comparison of like worldly sorrow versus godly sorrow. Yep. Um, like how many times do we uh, just kind of like I that was that was really that was a bad decision and like I I got in trouble for it or I'm reaping the result of that and and that's kind of how you kicked off um, this week uh, with our passage in in chapter six is like like the Israelites had had a had a very much like just this worldly sorrow like man we screwed up again without the repentance required yeah you know that was that was definitely absent from this this entire narrative now with Gideon mm-hmm. yeah there's there's not a repentance no. there's not a repentance towards God how many times do we as individuals have a worldly sorrow like well, yeah. mar- marriage is in trouble yep you know yep um, and try to look at all of like the, the pragmatic reasons why or pragmatic solutions yeah without us really looking at what is the spiritual aspect of this? What needs repentance? What needs faith yeah. um, for me to, to, to continue to um, even begin to deal with this? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's good. It's <clears throat> It ties into the same kind of distinction between, between obstinance and weakness. I mean, you're, you know... Um, Obstinance in in godly or uh, in worldly sorrow is just a, a way to perpetuate the obstinance. It's a way to right. it's a way to kind of acknowledge the existence of God. It's actually it's actually a step toward the right thing, but it's not an actual owning of the fact that that our sin is an offense against God right. primarily, and of course then the other effects of it. It's just saying, 
uh, I don't like the situation I'm in. Yeah. It's similar to like the, the classic like celebrity apology, right? Yeah. Where they just stand up front in front of a camera and they say like, if something I did offended you, I apologize. It's like, you didn't own anything. You just, you, you basically called someone else. I've never apologized like that before. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I mean, and we and, shouldn't and, have, that's and not by, an and by, and by never, I mean often. <laughs> so if I that's said the, something that offended you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're like, I'm not sure what it is or uh, if if you do call me out on it. It's I'm basically really saying sure. you shouldn't have been offended. But if you were, I guess yeah. I'll say shame. something about that. Shame on you for being offended. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, that's that's kind of a good little, you know, modern day snapshot yeah. of like, what does godly sorrow look like? Right. What does right. worldly sorrow look like? Yeah. Godly sorrow is saying, I see what I did and why it was wrong right. before right. God. Let me own it. Let me acknowledge my sin to God. Um, and let me again turn away from yeah. that sin and turn to to God. Yeah. So that's um that's a great distinction. I mean, you know, as we get to know each other in small group type settings like these Bible studies and you get to know as I think as you mentioned it last week, like what are the things that you constantly are confessing in the prayers of, of confession right. um, when we gather for worship or throughout your week, as we get to know those things about each other, mm-hmm. it's worth kind of bringing this into those discussions at times in the repeating nature of it and say Hey, where are you? Where, where, where are you experiencing just worldly sorrow, and you just mm-hmm. kind of are tired of the effects of this? Mm-hmm. Where are you? Are you actually recognizing what this sin is? Mm-hmm. Are, are you sensitive? Have you become desensitized, or are you actually still sensitive right. to the to the offense it is against God? And if not, how how can we help you yeah. wake up to to the horror right. of it so that right. you can repent, so that you can receive? Yeah. Grace and, and repentance and repentance is that idea it's that picture of like turning around turning away from yeah and and like moving away from yeah that's right know? and so worldly sorrow is going man like that that stinks i'm gonna i'm gonna still walk in this though i'm gonna still gonna pursue that and yeah i'm not gonna change any of my behavior yeah or change my heart towards this that's right or um, it's just changing behavior it's just saying okay i know that i can't do that anymore because it creates this this response it creates you know okay i can't say it that way because which is there's a way to to learn and grow and change and you know Mm -hmm. behavior changing but it's that's 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 the cart before the horse that's the you know it's it's let's let's pursue the heart level issue here of what this was before Mm -hmm. god and then let the behavior flow out of of that repentance from the heart yeah that's good well hey guys thanks for listening thanks for tuning in again hey we didn't get any questions this week no um so please send those to us. Yeah, we'd yeah. love your questions. Otherwise, we just talk more about whatever we want to talk about. Yeah, that's true. And we talk for a long time. So help direct the conversation. Send those questions in to Matt uh, at liberty.org or John, J-O-N, at liberty.org. We'd be glad to hear those from you, try to answer those in the next coming weeks. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Have a great week, Take guys. Take care, everybody.